Hello and welcome back to the Goodness Lover Show. Today we're talking to Dr. Achina Stein, who's a holistic psychiatrist, to tell us about the functional medicine approach to mental health. She shares her powerful story of her son and his mental health journey, and also the role of the gut and nutrition in improving mental health outcomes. Let's get into it. Dr. Achina Stein, it's so good to have you on the show with us. Um, we're so excited to talk to you. Um, people loved everything you had to say on the Gut Brain Solution. So welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much. I'm really happy to be here. So you're in a really interesting mix and the perfect mix for the show, actually, in terms of your training and background. How did you get started or what was your journey like going down this path of functional psychiatry? Well, uh, I worked as a traditional psychiatrist for 20 years, 15 years. Well, it's been 25, so I have to subtract. So about 15 years and, um, you know, just seeing patients uh, one after the other, mostly prescribing medications uh, for my patients. And I also do psychotherapy. I'm trained in psychotherapy as well. So um, I spent a lot of time trying to understand my patients from a biopsychosocial approach. Uh, that's how I was trained um, to uh, treat my patients. And I basically, you know, you know, searched for what whatever methods I could in order to help all of my patients, um, spend a lot of time with my patients. And um, but one day, you know, my son became very ill. And he, um, we were actually in France. My husband is a professor and we took a trip um, to India and then France on his sabbatical. And so we decided to take the kids out of school and um, homeschool them. And we traveled all over India and France. And um, there was a time where we were just sitting and doing some homework and we were going to go. Um, to a little store afterwards to buy some uh, board games. And my son had a little fit with my, a uh, little fight with my other son. And he, you know, disappeared from the room and he suddenly like was on a ledge. Uh, we were on fifth floor on the ledge ready to jump. I don't know if I ever told you that story, but wow. he was, wow. he became acutely suicidal and depressed, very, very depressed and suicidal. And the thing is, something changed in him. It wasn't just a classic, you know, situation where he was depressed and suicidal. He also couldn't read anymore. And um, so something changed in his brain. And I knew this was something more than going on than just a classic depression. And, um, and it was like a switch turned uh, because it came out of the blue. And so, you know, when basically, you know, obviously I got him off the porch, off the ledge and, and got him when, once we got home to the U S I had him see a psychiatrist and he was put on three or four more medications at the time to stabilize him. Fortunately, you know, he was no longer suicidal. The depression was better um, but things in other ways got worse. He became, he started having attention problems, sleep problems. Um, and it was just to the point where, 
you know, this wasn't my son anymore. (laughs) This is like he, uh, luckily he was safe. The medication certainly saved his life, but uh, he, he just wasn't the same person. He was having side effects from the medications. And, you know, it's interesting that when, when you're a psychiatrist and, you know, you're seeing patients for a while and, and you think that, okay, well, this is just the way it is. If you have side effects, that's all we can do, or this is the best that we can do with medications. And, uh, you know, I have to say it was in this place where like, this is not okay for my son. I mean, I'm not willing to accept this. <laughs> I, I need to do more uh, than this. And, and, you know, I always wonder if it wasn't the reading piece, if that reading piece uh, didn't show up in part of his symptomatology, I wonder, maybe I would have accepted that this is just the way it is. Because, you know, depression runs in, on both sides of our family. It's definitely a strong family history. Um, so it's very possible that um, that I may have just said, okay, well, this is the way it is. We'll do whatever we can with medications and psychotherapy, which is what we did. But that piece of not being able to read anymore is what made me think something else is going on. And so I searched and searched and I talked to doctors and I talked to this doctor and I talked to that doctor and I just wasn't getting anywhere uh, with it. And so I started doing a deep dive of research on my own. And, you know, coincidentally, I happened to also be looking for other options for some of my patients where they just weren't getting better and I couldn't figure out why. And I knew there's something I don't know that I need to learn. So I was looking into alternative alternative methods of healing. So I happened to serendipitously find a functional medicine doctor and um, I, his name, I, and I always tell everybody his name because he's, um, you know, he literally saved my son's life and put me on this path <laughs> had I not found him. And his name is Dr. Edward Levitan and he has a practice in Newton, um, Massachusetts uh, called Five Journeys. And, um, but anyway, so he basically did the functional medicine approach and found him to have celiac disease and he was nutritionally deficient. He had a number of, a whole slew of issues really. Um, and, uh, we had put him immediately on a gluten and dairy free diet and started moving towards soy. So he got better in some ways, but then we learned that he's actually sensitive to soy. So he had other issues. And then when we got food sensitivity testing, we pulled the soy out of the, of his diet and he became so much better just by removing those three foods. And what's great about that is that he got, he bought into it immediately because he felt so much better. And the thing is, you know, when you, when you look at, um, root causes, a lot of these root causes are there for years. And, um, so there were symptoms. I was considered him a healthy boy. Um, but he actually had, uh, years of constipation, severe constipation, and he had severe eczema to the point where, uh, you know, he, his hands looked like, um, dinosaur hands. I would actually, say, you know, he's part dinosaur. When he was four years old, he knew all the names of the dinosaurs. He's like, you're part dinosaur. Look at your hands. (laughs) (laughs) So, but those were the symptoms that cleared up the constipation and the eczema completely went away within a couple months, completely. So that's where, because he, and he suffered from that, you know, so he saw that that got better. So 
generally mental health symptoms take much, much longer. So, um, so he bought into the whole thing. Once those got better, uh, you know, those symptoms got better. Um, he started eating, he used to not eat any vegetables or any, no vegetables except for corn. Um, you know, but he mostly ate pasta, um, milk products, all white foods, all of them white. I think the only vegetable at that time that he ate was, uh, broccoli. So, which is a good vegetable, yeah. but it, you need to eat it a lot yeah. of vegetables. You take broccoli, right? right? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> so, so it was it was definitely a uh, a big change for him in in terms of eating all of the trying all the different foods, and he he actually took to it nicely. There's a lot of kids who who really fight tooth and nail when it comes to that. He um, so that, and we treated his gut. Um, and certainly with the celiac disease, um, he, you know, we had to do a whole gut restoration. Um, but it took a good year for the depression uh, to completely remit and come off medication. Um, I'm, you know, that my times might be off. Um, I've been interviewed on so many podcasts, like <laughs> times are probably <laughs> like off because <laughs> it's been 10 We're years, it's been 10 off. years now, but yeah. it took longer. <laughs> it took longer. Out for, if anyone's like, like sleuthing in all your different podcasts, yeah. Dr. Chino, she's like on this one, she said it took 18 months. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it took longer for the, you know, like the anxiety and the sleep. Um, but he, it, it, he finally came off eventually off all the medications um, uh, he was, so, you know, he was on an antidepressant. He was on a benzodiazepine. Um, he was on, um, what else was he on? He was on Adderall and I know there was a fourth medication, but I can't remember it right now, but he was on three or four medications, but he was able to come off of all of those medications, uh, in about, I would say in about a year, um, and, um, and he did continue with some psychotherapy, but overall he did really, really well. Um, so, uh, you know, that doesn't mean to say it stayed that way. You know, he went to college and of course, you know, your friends want to go out to the Chinese restaurant, Chinese food has soy in it. So he started putting soy back into his diet and cheat here, cheat there. And, um, and then you're up like vampires until two o'clock in the morning and <laughs> drinking. And yeah. then there's exams and the stress of that. So by the end of college, he was a complete mess. <laughs> yeah. But as soon as he graduated from college, he got back on, he knew the thing about this, about functional medicine is that once you know, it works, you know what you need to do. You know, so he knew exactly what he needed to do to get back into the swing of things. And and he did, you know, and so he's doing great again. So <laughs> what a story. Yeah. And um, yeah, I guess it's we take it's amazing to hear that story. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, though, a lot of people don't have that sort of story. You know, obviously, it's it's amazing that you're able to get the help that you could yes. get. And um, we celebrate that. And maybe someone listening right now hasn't had as much of a heart what felt story. And this is what we want to give you hope from these interviews is in the sense that, um, you know, change can happen. It's the smallest things like those little sensitivity testing and like those little things you discovered were huge for turning his uh, mental health around. So I'm curious to know how this experience framed your, you know, your pursuit as a doctor and your approach as a practitioner. Oh, yeah. I mean, of course, you know, once you go through that, uh, you just can't 
unknow what you just learned. So I obviously, you know, what I, what I literally did is I asked Dr. Levitan if I could work for him <laughs> and I left my job. I was the medical amazing. director. <laughs> I was the medical director for a community mental health center for uh, like from 2004 to 2010. Um, and when we came, we went to Europe, we came back and came back to that job. And I just, you know, I, I basically asked him, like, I, I have to learn this. I have to do this. It's a, you keep, you know, I need to do this for my patients, uh, you know, as well. And so I, and then I, uh, you know, pursued training through the Institute for Functional Medicine and I became a certified practitioner. So, um, yeah. And so I worked, um, you know, at the time it was called Visions Healthcare until 2015. And then I opened my, once they closed, um, uh, I opened my practice, uh, Functional Mind in uh, Rhode Island. And um, I've been doing that ever since. (laughs) So yeah, so, you know, I basically, um, I did write a book called What If It's Not Depression, because so many people have this idea that once you have a diagnosis of depression, of course, it's, you know, this whole spectrum of symptoms that you can have from having the symptom of depression, and then, you know, going across to the uh, clinical depression. And then there's, of course, different severities of depression that you can have, uh, to the point of having even psychosis. So, you know, you know, the, the functional medicine approach can affect, uh, sorry, uh, uh, help all people in, in that spectrum. Um, certainly people who are on the milder side are going to recover much quicker than the people who are on the other extreme side. Um, because you know, many people who are on the extreme side are usually on multiple medications and then there's different levels of functioning. So the, you know, uh, the, the thing about functional medicine is that it does take work. I mean, it's not just popping a pill. You, it, you have to make changes in your life, <laughs> you know, and, and so it is work and you have to be willing to do that work. And so when I, when people call to work with me, I mean, I have a free consultation and it's really to sort of let people know, like, you know, are you willing to do one, two, three, four, five? Because <laughs> if you're not, then, you know, you don't even waste your time with, you know, I'm not going to waste your time. I'm not going to take your, you know, I'm not going to, you know, take you down this road. And then, you know, surprise, this is what you need to do. <laughs> it's like, Oh, you know, so, you know, I want to make sure that they know what they're getting into, which is why I actually wrote the book because so when people call, it's like, Oh, you know, I heard about functional medicine. They don't really understand what it entails. So I say like, well, read my book and then you'll get a really good idea <laughs> what you need to do. And then I'll guide you through it. You know, so it's one thing to be able to read something, but then to actually implement. I mean, like there's thousands of self-help books out there, right? What's the difference between reading something and actually making it happen? It's it's having a coach essentially to walk you through it and and to sort of be your cheerleader, you know. But ultimately, you know, I would be your guide, but you're doing the work. <laughs> so um, so yeah, so it's, it is uh, making major lifestyle changes. And for some people, it's not so major because they've already implemented it all. They've already done, watched 
your videos and learned, oh, well, you know, I'll change, I'll, I'll put in greens and, you know, I'll add proteins and fats because you start learning and you start adding things in uh, and then start, you know, exercising and getting, you know, standing desks yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and, um, you know, just getting out of your chair and moving as much as possible. There's all of these things that you can do. So my approach is basically um, uh, the the classic functional medicine approach, but it's it's to target symptoms of depression, anxiety, and it's basically removing all of the things that can cause inflammation uh, in your body. Um, and so the understanding is that your gut is connected to your brain through the vagus nerve. And you want, you know, if you, uh, everything really starts in the gut. And if you can reduce inflammation in your gut, then you're, you know, going to reduce inflammation in your brain. Um, And, you know, obviously, that's just one root cause, you know, there's going to be other things that can cause depression, you know, your, your, um, your environment can cause, can, can, can contribute to depression, you know, that your relationships, you know, if they're toxic on some level can contribute to depression, your, if you've had past trauma that can contribute to depression, you know, just general dissatisfaction in terms of purpose in your life, you know, there's multiple things that can contribute to depression. But I, I find that if you can get the foundation of the gut in order, everything else kind of falls into place, you know? Um, so, um, so we're removing what's causing inflammation, replacing what's missing in the body to work optimally, uh, have all of your organs working optimally. And, um, and it's also looking at, um, the, in terms of digestion, digestion is so important. It's amazing how many people, don't really understand how important digestion is important for assimilating all of the nutrients. Assuming that you're putting all the right foods in your body, you want to make sure that you are releasing the digestive enzymes and the bile acids and the hydrochloric acid to break down all of that food and assimilate through the gut lining. Um, and, uh, And it's those proteins, those amino acids that actually are manufactured by your gut microbiome to make the neurotransmitters that your brain needs, you know? So, you know, so we're removing what's causing inflammation, replacing what's missing, re-inoculating the gut microbiome, and then uh, repairing the gut lining. Um, and so 80% of your immune system is in your gut and as an 80% of your serotonin is made in your gut. So if you can get those organized and, you know, make, you know, man, start manufacturing in your gut, then your brain's going to, you know, de- definitely benefit from that. Um, and so there's, there's five areas that I look at in terms of removing inflammation. Um, we start with food. Um, and then there's infections, there's chronic infections, foods, infections, toxins, stress, and those four can then all can affect your hormones, particularly cortisol. Cortisol is uh, a major hormone, a stress hormone, essentially. And if you're, if your body is requiring constant release of cortisol, then that's going to eventually affect your sex hormones because you know, you need cortisol to survive and it's going to pull from progesterone and estrogen and testosterone, depending on whether or not you're a man or a woman, you know, to make cortisol. And so it's, it's really, um, 
important to figure out, well, what's causing that, that cortisol to increase and look at all those factors. And again, inflammation is a major cause, um, but what's causing the inflammation. So um, if you can get your cortisol levels down and inflammation down and bring the body back into balance by shifting your, your body, and that's what those five areas spell. So stress, hormones, infections, foods, and toxins, then, you know, you can, you can really bring the body back into balance. Um, so, you know, that's it in a nutshell, you know, some people that I work with, uh, it takes a good, I would say four to six months to do all the work. Um, uh, some people take longer because, uh, there are some issues that are going to, that if you find are going to take longer. And I always, I always use the, you know, the analogy of like, if you wanted, um, uh, sort of a, um, an estimate of how much it would cost to put, uh, an addition on your house, you know, you know, they'll look at it and decide, oh, you know, it'll be X number of dollars. And then they start taking down walls. It's like, oh, you have termites here. You know, well, this is going to take longer because we got to get rid of the termites or you have mold, you know, you have mold behind this wall. You know, there's been, a, you know, water damage or something because of the roof leaking. And you don't even realize that until you just start, you know, pulling things apart. And it's the same kind of thing when it comes to functional medicine is that you start pulling things apart and there are things that can take longer. You'll find that, um, you know, that person has Lyme's disease or they, you know, have other tick-borne illnesses or they have mold um, in their, in their body, you know, or mold exposure, mold in their house. And so obviously those kinds of things, when they pop up through your investigation, um, that's going to extend how long it takes. So some people have small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. Some people have significant trauma, you know, that they really need to address in psychotherapy. They might be already addressing it in psychotherapy and they've, you know, and they, they're seeing a psychotherapist and they come to see me for the functional medicine. But, um, but, you know, that's something that if, if you're, you know, um, it just takes longer when it comes to trauma, to because if you're especially if you're always triggered and you're constantly in fight flight, you know, um, then I always say you need to put meditation on the front burner, especially. So I part of my intake includes the ACE score. I don't know if you're familiar with that, the Adverse Childhood Events Score. That helps me to know right away we need to put stress reduction on the front burner. And I cannot believe how many people aren't informed about meditation and emotional freedom technique, you know, by their psychotherapist. I mean, those are really good tools to help with, uh, with uh, trauma and, and all of the like negative things that you might say to yourself over and over again, day in and day out, you know, being able to look at your cognition and being able to use tapping and meditation and deep breathing to try to bring down inflammation that's related to uh, emotional toxins, right? So there's there's a lot of tools out there to help you, um, you know, to know what really needs to be, you need to be more aggressive about in terms of uh, like like trauma, you know. <clears throat> so um, and it's it's you know there's so many things I could talk about. <laughs> I could be. I could talk for hours. I'm sorry. <laughs> so many things. Are, it's, it's great. Thank you. So we have um, the shift method, essentially. You're saying the five letters. S with stress. T, stress. trauma. Was that? 
Oh, sorry. Yes. I can spell. Stress hormones. <laughs> hormones. S-H hormones. This is going on YouTube, Sarah. <laughs> and she's the most Nazi speller with me. Let's, let's edit that out. I'm finally, um, I'm I, finally vindicated. What, I, inflammation? Was I inflammation? I is for infections, chronic infections. infections. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And then F. Foods. And then T. Toxins. Toxins. Awesome. Awesome. I love it. Yes. I, I remember in a, a series you um, – you you started off by saying um, I, I, that you often don't test your clients anymore that have depression, anxiety um, for their nutrient levels because you've seen such a common thread across so many of your 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 patients that you've seen. You can basically just guess what nutrients they might be deficient in before you even look at their panels. Um, could you tell us um, what are those common nutrient deficiencies that you see across your patients with mental health disturbance? Um, so in general, so, you know, we just want to make sure people don't start taking these nutrients just because I say so, So, but in, in general, um, people are magnesium, uh, deficient, um, zinc deficient. Uh, they tend to be high in copper. Um, so there's this copper zinc ratio. We want to have a one-to-one ratio and some people are low in zinc and high in copper. Um, and some people are selenium deficient. The B vitamins are, it's important to look at all of the B vitamins and um, have a complement of B vitamins. So there are a lot of people who focus on B12 and folate um, uh, specifically for a variety of reasons. There's this hyper focus on those two B vitamins, but uh, a number of people are deficient in vitamin B6. Um, and uh, B5, B2. So uh, it, it varies. It depends on the person. So people who are very fatigued tend to be B2 deficient. Um, people who don't have dreams, that's a sign of knowing if you're B6 deficient. Um, so yeah. And um, B12 and folate are commonly tested uh, in the serum. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that uh, you are, have enough of those vitamins because it may not necessarily be getting into the cell. So there's ways of knowing whether or not uh, it's intracellular, intracellularly <laughs> division. <laughs> I just pulled my earphone out <laughs> in my excitement. <laughs> so... Um, Anyway, yeah, those, yeah, there's, there's ways of knowing, looking at, um, you know, you can look at your tongue, you can look at your fingernails to know if you're deficient in certain vitamins. If you have little white spots on your, on your fingers, you yeah. could. That would um, <laughs> Everyone look yeah. at your fingernails right now. Talk us about <laughs> what you should be not seeing on our fingernails, yeah. Dr. Gina. <laughs> yeah. So, so little white spots uh, yeah. tend to indicate zinc deficiency. Um, you can actually, uh, take some, uh, zinc, uh, actually a little swig of zinc. Yeah. And if you don't taste it, if there's no taste, then you are zinc deficient. And if you have a taste, then you have enough zinc. So, um, so there's, yeah, there's different ways of knowing without doing, you know, a full panel. There's inexpensive ways of doing, if you have ridging on your fingers, you know, that could indicate, um, you know, little divots in your fingers, uh, fingernails, it can tell you if you have certain kinds of 
uh, vitamin deficiency. So yeah, it's a matter of looking. So uh, many times when people are seen um, by um, conventional doctors, they tend to just listen to the heart, lungs, you know, they look in your eye, you know, mouth and your eyes, ears real quick, but they don't really do a full physical exam, certainly not necessarily looking for nutritional deficiencies. So um, that is, that is something that's important to do, in my opinion. Uh, it, you can find clues, uh, you know, and it gives you just more information. And it also informs the patient, uh, like, wow, you know, these things are really showing up in my body, you know, it's, it, it makes it more serious for them. And, and then you can actually, when you start eating foods, you know, those white spots disappear from your nails and your nails become shiny and, and those ridges go away. And, you know, there's, so there's, you can actually see a difference, um, in, in your nail beds and, um, and your tongue too. So absolutely. Awesome. Amazing. There's a lot you can learn Great from looking health. at and beautiful nails at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And, That's the beauty and, of this approach is that it's not just your mental health that gets better. Everything gets better. <laughs> really, <laughs> everything gets better. <laughs> so a lot of people, uh, this is myself included, the, the journey of mental health began with perhaps a conversation around, um, you know, serotonin in their brain and they, they may need some SSRI support for a period or for a longer period of time. Um so tell us how you work with your patients on that. Um, if someone is perhaps, a, you know, maybe they've come into your practice and that's their understanding that they've just got an imbalance in their brain. Um, they haven't looked at their gut. How do you walk them through that? And maybe what's that process like of them transitioning off SSRIs, um, you know, if that's the decision to, to make it? Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's going to be situations where a person does need an antidepressant and, you know, it's going to be an individual decision looking at all of the benefits versus the risks of, um, of, of the medications. And, you know, certainly I, I do a full psychiatric evaluation to determine whether or not this is something um, that would be beneficial to them. Part of that decision is obviously whether or not the person wants to take medication. Um, you know, there, there was a time when I, you know, when I would tell people like, you know, you really need to be on an antidepressant because you're not functioning, you know, you're not able to take care of yourself. I mean, there was a time when I would, you know, have to put people in the hospital and, uh, because they're just not able to, you know, they're losing weight or they're psychotic or they're just not able to care for themselves and really on the verge of dying, you know, if they continued in that way. So there was a time when I needed to do that. Nowadays, most people who come to see me, they have already been on antidepressants. Um, they are not satisfied with the results of the antidepressants. Uh, they've moved from one to the next, to the next, to the next, or they've had side effects and couldn't tolerate them, um, you know, significant side effects sometimes, or they'll have just, you know, 40% results, they're feeling better, maybe they're enough to function, but their mood is still, ugh, you know, I just can't, I can't live like this, I, I want better results. And so, so sometimes people will, you know, uh, come to me because they're looking for more. Uh, they're not satisfied with just an antidepressant, um, or they just can't take it. And they're, they just don't, they aren't offered anything else to be able to, 
resolve their symptoms and they just don't want to continue living the way they're living. So, so that's who I see now. And um, so I'm not anti-medication. In fact, I, I think I mentioned to you that yesterday I said to one of my patients, like, you know, you're not able to do the work that you need to do because you're so, um, you're so, she was actually hypomanic and uh, was recommending that she start a trial of uh, Lamotrigine. And, and so she's, she's, it's been interfering in her ability to do um, the work that she needs to do with me, but also interfering in her ability to, you know, work with people on her job. So she was functioning, but just screaming at everybody. So <laughs> including me. So <laughs> but anyway, like, you know what, your mood is really unstable. You know, it, it, we've tried it with herbs and supplements. We've tried it for three months now. It's not working. You know, we really need to get you on a medication uh, in order for you to feel better and not be so distressed and, and be able to do the work that you need to do with me. So sometimes you need to be on medication to be able to even do the functional medicine approach. So that being said, you know, what we do is, um, first, I always tell people that I'm, you know, it's better and it's much easier to come off medication when, if, and when you want to, after you restore the gut, because what you, what the medication is doing is providing, um, a supply of serotonin because your body's not able to. So if you start getting your body to make serotonin, uh, in the way that I explained before, you know, providing the, the raw materials, getting your microbiome going and, and, um, you know, get those manufacturing going and calming down the inflammation and repairing the gut lining though, if, you know, then you're actually getting those factories going. And then you it actually makes it easier to come off the medication. And that's two reasons, because, you know, as much as some people want to come off of medication, they don't um, have the confidence because they've tried before, and they've had horrible side effects, or they would get acutely depressed, or anxious, uh, after coming off of that, you know, within weeks to months later, and so back on the medication. And so like, know, that is torturous. And so people remember that and they don't want to do that. So if you do the gut restoration while you're on the medication and you feel so much better, then you know, in your heart, it wasn't because the medication did it. It was because of the work you did to make that happen. And so then, you know, with confidence, like I, yeah, obviously the medication didn't do it because it didn't change. So therefore you know, I'm just going to now be able to come off of it. And so then what we do is slowly reduce the medications. And depending on what the dose is, um, if they're on a relatively high dose, I always say you need to go slow, um, very slow. And as you go lower on the dose, you go even slower. So um, that's, that's the general way of doing it. And we can help those transitions of lowering by giving certain supplements to help with any type of transitional types of symptoms, which are called um, uh, discontinuation syndrome or withdrawal. You know, it's a withdrawal syndrome that some people have. Some people have more severe withdrawal than others. Um, the withdrawal sometimes can last 24 to let's say 72 hours, but others, you know, might have a little bit prolonged. So if that is the case, then you want to go right back up to the previous dose and then 
go even slower, you know? So that's generally what we would do. And I, you know, I do use some supplements. um, And this is something that really should be done under the care of a provider who understands how to do this. Um, Things like 5-HTP, tryptophan, because you do have to be careful about serotonin syndrome. Um, and, um, but there's also things like GABA and L-theanine that help with the anxiety piece. There's inositol, there's L-glycine. These all help with sleep, with the anxiety, um, and withdrawal types of symptoms. And so, um, what do you mean by, um, serotonin syndrome? So serotonin syndrome is, um, something that if you, it can happen if you take multiple medications that can increase serotonin, it's too much serotonin. So uh, SSRIs um, can interact with other medications like migraine medications can increase serotonin. So that's something that we as psychiatrists are careful about combining medications or should be careful about. Um, but if you add um, 5-HTP or tryptophan, that can increase serotonin. So the combination of an antidepressant with that, uh, especially if it's, if it's too high, it can um, actually cause too much serotonin. And it's a syndrome of, um, of different symptoms that doesn't really feel good. <laughs> yeah, it can be quite dangerous so, as well, right? It can be. Yeah, it can be dangerous. So um so sometimes though, you know, and it's, it, it, it's, it's a much more of a, of a problem if you're newly started on an antidepressant, it's, it's a, it's a little bit different if you've been on a antidepressant, on an antidepressant for a long, long time. And when I say antidepressant, I mean specifically SSRIs. So there's other classes of antidepressants that it's not such a, a big deal, but, um, but specifically SSRIs, you have, you have to be careful about serotonin syndrome. So so um, I, I guess this is all to make them, you know, obviously the very clear point that work with someone that's a qualified medical practitioner in your area um, and use this information for education to, you know, to equip yourself to be like, to have that informed conversation, I guess, is what we're saying, right? In the sense that um, we don't want anyone absolutely. jumping off their medication or anything, but definitely um, these, I think just these small things like we talked about with this functional approach can make a huge difference. And this has been obviously our own personal experience as well, as well as yours, but also, mm-hmm. you know, thousands of others that have been through our community that have just found that one thing and all of a sudden their mental health clears. And after all these years of trying during different therapies and, and whatnot, and bang, you know, the light, the light globe, the, the light, light blow, light globe, <laughs> the light globe moment <laughs> happens. And yeah. So yeah, this is amazing, which is why yeah, we're so passionate about this, you know, people just oh. being informed with these areas. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and what's, what's great about it is that, you know, when people see, when they look at having a clinical diagnosis as really being a diagnosis of symptoms, you know, the diagnosis is nothing to do with cause. And the purpose of creating diagnosis is really to match a pill to that diagnosis. It's really for purposes of research to convey information from one practitioner to another about what syndrome a person has or what disorder a person has, uh, and to match a, a pill to that diagnosis because there's research that shows this, this medication is good for this diagnosis and that medication is good for that diagnosis. So it's, um, it's, it says nothing 
at all about what caused the problem in the first place. And there's so many causes and you can have multiple root causes, <laughs> you know, and um, all at all at the same time. So my goal is, um, you know, as I said, it's looking through that shift um, method, you know, s- stress, hormones, infections, foods, and toxins, and, and really looking for all of those and removing them one at a time. And, uh, you know, as people are doing the work and, you know, becoming more and more aware of how they feel as they're doing it, they'll say, oh, you know, my mood really changed when we did this. And then, then, you know, in the future, and this, I always have my patients keep a journal, then, you know, in the future, like when my son, you know, went off to college and <laughs> it's like, okay, what worked before? Let's do that again. <laughs> you know, you have your notes. Yeah. It's just, just do it again. You know, you know exactly what affects you and how it affects you and what changed when you made the changes. And um, so you have your own personal history to go back, to follow up back on and, and know what to do. So um so, yeah, I, you know, it's, it's, I think it's really important to, to convey to people that there is hope, um, that you're not, you know, you know, labeled for the rest of your life, you know, with a diagnosis. And, and then, you know, sometimes people just feel hopeless and helpless about the situation. And they think that that's all they can do is take a medication. Now, there's nothing wrong with taking a medication. If you, if it works for you, fantastic. And if that's what you want to do, great, you know, good for you, you know, but that doesn't necessarily mean that's working for everybody. And it's, uh, you know, I think it's your choice to do what you want to do. And there's no shame in that. There's no shame in that because everybody has to look at their whole life and review what, what they have time for, what they, you know, um, you know, they might have all sorts of responsibilities that they are unable to do this kind of work right now. Maybe they can in the future, you know? So I think, I don't think anyone should be, um, should be, you know, judged for their decisions um, about how they're going to conduct their life, you know, as long as they're not hurting anybody else, you know, Mm. I think, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's important to provide options and, this is an option if you're willing to do the work. And personally, I think it should be an option that should be put on the table right in the front, you know, before medications, especially if it's a mild depression. On our call last week, we had a coaching call um, with our community and you mentioned a a bit more, you went went into a bit more detail about um, mild depression and uh, antidepressant SSRI prescriptions. Um, And you were of the opinion that the pros in this, in that case, didn't outweigh the cons. So what is, what is the deal with uh, a prescription for SSRIs or antidepressants on mild depression? Uh, well, there, the research um, shows that it's not, it's not, it's really not appropriate to give an antidepressant because the risks outweigh the benefits. And there are other modalities that are actually even better, like exercise. Exercise is equal to, to, um, to uh, an, uh, an antidepressant for moderate um, depression. So, um, there's, there's so many side effects from antidepressants. It can, it can cause, uh, gut symptoms by itself. It can cause diarrhea, nausea, upset stomach. It can cause weight gain. Um, depending on which ones you use, it can cause sedation. It can actually cause a hypomanic or manic episode. 
Um, it, in certain populations, like, you know, the teens, there is, there's a black box warning about suicidality. So, you know, why wouldn't you use other methods first, you know? Um, and so, um, it's, the thing is, it's, it's, it, it is a, it's a quick fix. It's something that a doctor can offer, you know, um, what they do is a little quiz called a PHQ, um, PHQ nine, something like that, you know, a family doctor's office. And, you know, if you fill another, another, a, a number of the criteria, then you will then be offered an antidepressant because in their mind, the benefits outweigh the risk, but they're not doing a full psychiatric evaluation and they're not really, uh, because in 15 minutes, you can't really do that. Uh, so a lot of family doctors do prescribe, uh, antidepressants and, um, you know, they're trained to do it to a certain extent. And then generally they'll, you know, depending on the severity, they might uh, refer to a psychiatrist. But um, in my opinion, I think what really should come first is dietary uh, changes. I mean, as long as the person is safe, you know, if they're safe and they're functioning, you know, they might have some distress but if you can use diet and and lifestyle changes to address these issues, then why wouldn't you? You know, mm-hmm. so it's a matter of sometimes connecting the dots because it's it is explaining to people how exercise treats depression, so explaining to people how food is medicine and what foods can improve your mood, um, you know, and and how to do that. But unfortunately, again, that's functional, that's functional medicine, that's nutrition. That's, um, these are all things that most, you know, medical doctors aren't trained in. So I I hope that someday there's going to be this marriage of the traditional world and the functional medicine world. You know, that's, that's, I think what it's, where it should be. Um, but it's not, unfortunately. So well, I think that's why we're having this conversation right now because I think you've done that marriage really well. Like you've you you're in both worlds. You see the benefits of both, and um, I think thank you so much for distilling some really complex, sensitive, um, personal information into something that people can really action and start with today. And I really hope it gives a lot of people hope and perspective, and at least um, you know just that option if they want to assemble that team around them. Maybe, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's a medical doctor included, like, you know, it's, you, you have a team of people around you that could be looking at some of these, you know, core issues and you might just then have a, you know, a more informed decision. So thank you so much. It's been an amazing interview. And I think, you know, I wish I watched this like 10 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're very, very welcome. Yeah. You know, and I, I don't want people to think that they are, um, that they can only benefit from functional medicine just if they had mild or moderate depression. Even people with more severe symptoms will always benefit from eating healthy foods, you know, or, or exercising or meditating or removing toxins and getting your, you know, all your uh, organs, you know, working optimally, you know, it might take longer, but it's certainly doable. Absolutely. It's doable. Um, it, it will, I might, it, I say might, it will take longer. So, um, but it's not impossible. And I've, I've had some patients for four or five years now who have made incredible strides. So who had been on four or five medications and made, and now, uh, you know, are on lower doses or, and so that's improved side effects in terms of side effects, but 
not able to come off medication, or they've been able to come off maybe two of the five medications that they were on, you know, so it's uh, everybody's different. And it's just everyone has a their own journey. But just want everyone to know that everybody can benefit from functional medicine, um, even if you make one change at a time, you know, awesome. Well, I know that you have some awesome resources for us on the interwebs, one of them being your book that you've made available to download on your website, which is amazing. Thank you so much for your, that. that's so wonderful that you've put that up there for free. And I think that's just incredible. So thank you. So people can access that via, what's the URL? Uh, well, it's uh, com. Uh, it's A-C-H-I-N-A-S-T-E-I-N-D-O.com. Um, and there's another website. It's uh, what if it's not depression.com, yeah. which is a, um, yeah, my boot camp. Yes. <laughs> and, um, so it's a 12 week boot camp, and it's, it's really meant for those people who do have that mild, uh, to moderate stable depression, um, who are in that category of, you know, dissatisfaction with antidepressants or, but, you know, kind of just going along, you know, and they want better results or they just, you know, uh, don't want to rely on medications completely. So, um, yeah, and that's actually, um, starting this week. And, uh, so keep an eye out for the next one. I'm taking a couple more people. I don't know when this is going to be aired, but, uh, but, you know, be great (laughs) if, uh, we could have some more people, but we'll see. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> awesome. yeah. What a great resource. hundred percent. We'll um, check out, we'll have those links in the show notes, obviously, if you're on the audio yeah. version of the podcast and yeah, thank you so much for your time. This has been an, an, like an amazing interview. Thank you so much. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed that. It yeah. was good. Really what good. So good. And, uh, yeah, what did you guys think? Let us know in the comments below. Um, do you think a functional medicine approach is important for mental health outcomes? Let us know. We'd love hearing from you. And, yeah, I'm just so happy that um, I got to, you know, my doctor introduced me to some of those concepts probably on the piece. And I'm sure a lot of people would benefit from the same as well. So get this message out. Share it to your friends and family. Hit the like button, subscribe button. And if you're a really good student of The Goodness Love Alive, hit the notification bell so you don't miss another episode. (laughs) And we'll see you guys again soon. See you next time.